ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Can you win the World Cup? I mean, we're taking it one game at a time. That's obviously (laughs) the dream, but... uh... That's Sam Kerr answering the question that every Matildas fan is silently daring to ask themselves after a joyous 2-0 win over Denmark that sent the Australians into the World Cup quarterfinals. In a campaign that has been framed in many ways around the captain's calf, it was her teammates who showed what they could do without their talismanic star. In something of a coming-of-age performance, there were highlights across the park, headlined by Caitlin Ford and Mary Fowler. There is a groundswell of support rolling through Australia, and the Matildas, they are surfing that wave. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Neve Owens is the host of Optus Sports World Cup coverage. Neve, you were at the event. Stadium Australia has been home to some of Oz football's most historic moments, and we got another one last night. I was hoping you might just describe the atmosphere because it looked like a glass case of emotion. Uh, it felt like that too, Stacky. I was at game one against Ireland and the crowd last night felt really different to that crowd on the opening day of the tournament. A very similar number in the stands, but the vibe, the atmosphere, the excitement, the level of noise throughout the entire contest, but then at these peak and pivotal moments within the game, it was a really special thing to be a part of. And I don't know if this is all illustrative of the Australian sporting community over the course of this tournament, but I was there with my little girl who's seven on the opening day against Ireland and the level of noise after that opening goal, she burst into tears beside me. She recovered herself when she realised that it was a level of noise based on excitement and joy as opposed to anything else. But last night when that opening goal was scored, she was on her feet, hands in the air, as loud as anyone else. And I feel like we've kind of all been on that journey over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's been one emotional release after another. And after a tricky start where Denmark really looked in control, it was Mary Fowler and Caitlin Ford, as you touch on, who unlocked things. What impressed you most about that opening goal? I think what impressed me most was the composure that the Matildas showed. They took their opportunities when they arose last night and against a team that is pinning them down and it's difficult to break down and it's hard to find those pockets of space. This isn't a team that's always been able to harness and take those opportunities, those big moments. And Caitlin Ford throughout this tournament, when a huge amount of weight has fallen on her shoulders to be that talismanic leader in a striker sense at the front of the park, I thought she was incredible last night. And Mary Fowler playing provider for both goals, really. She'll only get the assist for the first one. I thought it was such a strong performance. And that opening goal started back in a defensive sense at the other end of the park. And it started with those two players as well. Touch then from Ford in towards Mary Fowler. Fowler cuts it field. And Caitlin Ford, after she'd passed the ball to Mary Fowler, put on the afterburners and re appeared at the other end of the park. Ford takes the ball in towards the end of the box. One on one with the keeper. Ford slides it home. And Australia take the lead. Out of nothing. The drive at goal was all beautiful. 
and I thought showed a real maturity and an ability to take those moments, to be there for those big moments. That's her second World Cup goal for Caitlin Ford in 16 World Cup appearances. And it was Australia's only attempt on target in the first half. So a huge moment to have taken that opportunity and then to refuse to concede in those final moments before halftime. That goal was scored around the half hour mark. And I felt like those moments heading into the break and taking that lead into halftime was really important for this side and showed a level of composure and maturity that I don't think we've seen huge amounts of over the last few years. And it felt like a real step forward. The second goal was another moment of euphoria. Hayley Rasso's nickname is Ribbons because she wears them, but she's making a habit of cutting opposition teams to ribbons. How good was that second? Uh, it was brilliant. It came around the 70-minute mark and just and allowed us to enjoy the last 20 minutes of this contest as opposed to feeling that nervous excitement throughout. But once again, it was Mary Fowler with a driving run through the middle. Fowler into the box, chips it in the footed Van Eggman back to goal. Gets returning in the side, Rousseau again, and Rousseau can score! It's his second goal for Australia! And look, like the chance might have gone begging, but Emily Van Eggman kept the composure, rolled it into Hayley Rousseau, who got the double against Canada, and she's got Australia's second here against Denmark. That's her third goal, Hayley Rousseau, at this World Cup. Only Sam Kerr, who scored five in 2019, and Lisa Devanna, who scored four at a World Cup yonks ago back in 2007. They're the only two players who have scored more in a single World Cup for Australia, and I don't reckon Hayley Rousseau's done yet. As you touched on, it just really felt like the pressure came off. There was a release for that last 20 I wanted to ask you if this was something of a coming of age for a team that has often been defined by Sam Kerr. In a weird way, have these three and a bit games without Kerr forced the wider group to step out of her shadow? I think there was a level of composure and maturity that we saw from this side last night that gives you confidence in knockout football that they can get the job done. We saw the Lionesses do it earlier in the night on penalties and not in a way that we expected from England. And I think we saw that from Australia last night. They controlled this game in their own way. They took the opportunities when they arose. Again, I'm, I'm stressing that tournament football is about playing the game in front of you, uh, whatever that looks like, and, and find a way. Um, and this team have proven now that they can always find a way, and we know we score goals. It was the same starting eleven we saw against Canada the previous week, but a very different contest. There was none of the same kind of flair and fluidity. They had to really fight for this victory last night. We went out at this stage at the 2019 World Cup in France and I was there for that loss to Norway. And last night felt so different. It really felt like over those four years, this is a team that has come of age, has, as you say, stepped out of the shadow perhaps of one player. But I think Sam coming back now could be a good thing in the sense that we don't need to look at her taking over and and having everything on her shoulder. It's a team effort and a team tournament and it's... I don't know if you say that in English, but can you say the cream on the cake? Is that a saying? That starting 11 that we've seen in the last two games, I think, is the starting 11 we'll see in the quarterfinal as the team looks to make a bit of history and get past that quarterfinal stage for the first time. They look like a unit and they're a team that has different points of attack. They don't just rely on one player. There's not only one avenue to goal. Yeah, I mean, I knew they could do it without me, but it's been amazing to kind of sit back and watch just how much all of these players that I grew up with have grown into you know, their own and they're all superstars in their own making.
And Emily Van Egmond, I think, has been a huge part of that in midfield as well, providing those different opportunities and an ability to switch things up when they need to. That's really interesting to hear you say that you don't expect Kerr to necessarily start in the quarterfinals because I, I don't think what we're getting at is that we don't want Kerr involved. We, we very much do, but when she finally came on, I'm not sure a sub has ever had a bigger roar. The fact that she played despite the Australians being in control, does that tell you that her calf is actually in reasonable condition? That gave me a confidence boost that I haven't felt at any stage during this tournament about Sammy and her calf. When the Tillies scored that second goal in the 70th minute, my little girl celebrated and then she turned to me and said, oh no, mama, now Sam won't come on. And I thought the same thing. They were two goals to the good. The job was done. It felt like they were well in control. I didn't think we'd see Sam Kerr after that last night. So I'm not sure whether it was a case of Sam Kerr saying, I need these minutes. Give me this moment. Give me this opportunity. Or whether perhaps it was Tony Gustafsson and the team recognising the need to test it for that final 10 minutes or so. When do we use her? If we use her, maybe she needs some minutes to mental and physically get ready for the next game. But that means a risk as well. How much are we willing to risk and all? So I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm open up here and saying it's tough decisions. While there was a couple of little touches early on that we wouldn't necessarily expect to see from Sam, she obviously hasn't had the ball at her feet for the same amount of time as usual. Yeah, I feel good. I mean, I think I was a little bit rusty, but no, I felt great. She looked so happy and so excited to be out there and to be having that first World Cup moment and minutes at this home tournament. And you're right, Stacky. when she started to warm up just after halftime, the crowd went wild. Sam Kerr has continued her warm-up. She's been warming up for the last 10 minutes and she's taken her training top off now and has her playing strip on. When she took off the warm-up bib and put the jersey on, the crowd went wild. And when she stood at that spot to make the substitution, she got a standing ovation. Well, what roof there is at Stadium Australia, lifted fully off because here, making her bow in the World Cup, it's Australia's captain, the leader of this Matilda's group of players, Sam Kerr is about to come on. It was such an incredible moment and she had this huge smile on her face, probably a feeling of relief as well, perhaps a moment that she wasn't sure she would get. I don't know that we'll see her start in the next game, but maybe this starting 11 is doing a good job in their own right and the skipper probably doesn't have 90 minutes in her as yet. So what a super sub. I now, having seen her use last night, have faith that she is ready to go, that the calf has healed enough. So with another five days' time, maybe those minutes aren't 10. Maybe she's actually available for half an hour if we need her, and maybe that can then continue to grow. I'm starting to feel like your daughter is a microcosm of all Matilda's fans. There's tears... (laughs) There's euphoria, there's concerns about Sam Kerr, and it speaks to me about a wave of expectation and hope around this Matildas team that is on another level. You could see it in the way that Coach Tony Gustafson spoke about the support that they have received. I get emotional. I really do. The support we feel is, wow, thank you. Thank you. It can overwhelm a team, but is there a sense that this group is now surfing a wave of Australian support? We've spoken about this, Stacky, and 
I agree with you. I think they're now surfing it as opposed to fighting against it. It feels like they recognise that this is a significant moment in history, that they're living it, that they're a part of it, that they're creating this incredible passion and excitement within the country and that they're comfortable with that. And I love that, that they're actually ready to embrace it. And I think we saw that last night, that we didn't necessarily see the flair that we'd seen against Canada. And we've seen those spectacular moments from this side over the years, but we saw a composed approach to a difficult opposition and we saw them embrace the opportunity and the occasion. And that gives me so much hope that we're not done yet. It'll either be France or Morocco this Saturday. We can't wait. Neve, thanks so much for breaking it all down for us. Thanks so much, Stacky. Speak soon. Just a reminder before we get to headlines, you can catch every single game of the Matildas campaign on the ABC Listen app, live and commercial free. That's a pretty good deal. Headlines. Elsewhere at the World Cup, England has scraped into the quarters after beating Nigeria. The Lionesses were reduced to 10 players after star Lauren James was red-carded for intentionally stamping on her Nigerian opponent. The game went to penalties where the question was whether the Euro champs could hold their nerve. You bet! England have been given an enormous scare! Oofed. Ex-Opal Liz Cambridge claims she's in discussions to join Nigeria two years after she clashed with players from the nation in a practice game, allegedly calling them monkeys and telling them to, quote, go back to their third world country. Why would something as bad as this happen? Because the truth looks a lot worse for other organisations involved than using me as a scapegoat. Like, why does Nigeria want me to leave Australia and go represent them? You're saying right now? We're filing for me to leave the Australian team so I can represent Nigeria. Because Nigeria would like you to join the team? I've been in cahoots. I've been talking with them since all of this happened. This is what I mean. People don't know the truth. Cambridge's father is Nigerian, but her claims were refuted by the country's guard, Promise Amokamara, who said, I'm sorry, this is false. Lol, she called us monkeys and told us to go back to our country. Yes, she said that. Literally everyone from both teams have the same story but her, so you all do the math. And the only person she has been in cahoots with was the former coach of our national team, and he's no longer the coach. So there's that. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. If you want more Matilda's content, there is a bunch in our feed, including episodes on understanding Sam Kerr's greatness and an interview with Ellie Carpenter. Links to those two are in the show notes, but plenty more in the feed too. Just get scrolling. Thanks to Optus Sport, Channel 7 and the Bleacher Report for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.